the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. 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 Oh, Mr. On weei.com. Podcast reacting to the Patriots' thirty to twenty-seven win over the Jets on Monday Night Football. Um, I guess it was a good win, but like that's all you can really say. They won the game. It wasn't like they blew them out and showed that they can actually make a run to the playoffs. Yeah, you added a word there that I wouldn't add. Good win. They they won. They won. Like, we know they won. They scored more points than the Jets. It took them a full 60 minutes. But I don't know if it's a good win or a bad win. It's I'm a saying, win. I'm only saying it's good because they did something they haven't done this year. In those three three losses, they lost in their final drive. They were able to win on their final drive and, and play the full 60 minutes. Against the worst team in football that could be historically bad, that's 0-9 for the first time in franchise history and maybe on their way to an 0-16 season to secure Trevor Lawrence. That's why exactly what we talked about beforehand. Nothing good could come from that game. No. And that's why you're almost left with this weird feeling. And I wrote it, you know, in my column a little bit. Did the Patriots win or did the Jets lose? Uh, the Jets lost. Okay. I agree. And I, I think there's a chance they threw the game. I'm uh, sorry. The 12 have... men on the field goal? <laughs> yeah. They reverse Vrabel'd it. Like, Vrabel's been doing that to mastermind, you know, out Belichick, Belichick lately. I think Adam Gase and Dale Arnold fought with me on this today. I think they've been very almost like telling you, being so honest with you that you don't feel like they're being honest with you. Joe Douglas said Adam Gase is a part of the solution for the New York Jets. Adam, you know what he's doing? He's ML carring it. ML Carr was brought into the Celtics to lose, to lose so that they could secure high picks. And then Rick Patino took over. We know it didn't play out, it didn't work. I think Adam Gase's role right now is to make sure the Jets lose. Lose a lot, lose often, lose every game, and win by getting Trevor Lawrence. He had 12 men on the field, Are which you, I'm do sorry. You think, do you think he just told the, the 12 guy, why don't you run out there and yes. I'll, I'll tell you later? How else do you explain it? Somebody somebody got hurt on the uh, the unit and actually was back out there and then tell the guy that was going to replace him that. How many times have you seen that? Uh, very few. Very few. Well, and. But go ahead. I was going to say the Patriots had a similar situation against Buffalo when Bentley was late coming out of the locker room. Saying, no, no, no. Ten men can happen. Why did a 12th man believe he was part of the PAT field goal block team? Well, it happens a lot like in the huddle, but that's different than coming out for a, a PAT. So I think there's a chance. And then you get word, which I believe Manish Mehta, I think he is tied in, reports that they specifically called – the deep ball interception, not the interception, the deep ball that they threw on first down with six minutes to play, holding a lead. We're right there. By the way, Patriots, correct me if I'm wrong, have one of the worst run defenses in football, correct? Yeah, no question. Okay. And I think you could argue in this game with no Bentley and no Lawrence guy, maybe the worst run defense in football, that specific unit that was on the field. Therese uh, Hall at line. You had Therese Hall playing linebacker who had as many NFL career games as me and you. So, you know, football 101 there is let's run the ball. Run the clock out, win this game. What does he do? They go deep. Like, we're going to chuck it deep. That feels like you're throwing the damn game. That feels like you're trying to lose. So, I think an argument can be made that Adam Gase's role right now, now Dale Arnold can ask me why he would do it. I don't know. Money or – 
long-term, like, good, you know, Joe Douglas is going to make sure everybody knows that he was a good soldier and he did everything that was in the best interest of the Jets, even though his career was coming to an end. Like, he was a good team player for the Jets. I don't know. But it certainly felt like the Jets wanted to lose that football game. That's how that felt. And, and some Jets fans are okay with that, right? Uh, yeah, I think a lot of them are. I, yes. I really do. I think there is genuine... I don't know if it's excitement is the right word, but an understanding that the Jets are going to stink this year to get Trevor Lawrence and turn things around and move forward. Now, there's the whole side topic talk radio as to whether Trevor Lawrence would not stay. go to the Jets and stay at Clemson or force a trade. You know, Keyshawn, you know, our guy. I don't know if I want to call him our guy, but Keyshawn. Um, you know, his belief that the Jets are going to stick with Sam Darnold and they're going to trade the pick to the Patriots or whatever. I don't think that's true. I think they're all in on this tank job. But it was a huge swing game for the Patriots. You entered this game, two teams had a worse record than you, the Jets and the Jaguars. Yes. You win this game, now eight teams have a worse record than you because there's a clump of two-win teams, six two-win teams, and then the Jets and the Jaguars. So yes. you went from being in consideration, controlling your fate for a potential top three pick to – as of today, they have the 13th pick in the draft, which is – it's a good pick. That's fine. It's, you know, better than what they're used to. But it's not a high-end pick at the top of every round, you know, do whatever you want to do type pick. So this game, I firmly believe whatever your philosophy was on, on the Patriots and Belichick and tanking is how you viewed the game. If you were a – if a person that wants to tank, you're like, well, you sucked. You screwed this up. You could have lost this game easily. You screwed it up by winning. If you're a person that wants to believe they can still make the playoffs and Belichick would never tank, oh, this is something you can build on. It's kind of like what the players are talking about, Cam Newton. You know, we just – we want just one. We just need you one. Know? All we need is one. Right. Well, actually, you need, like, nine or ten. You, right. you can't just have one. <laughs> right. Just one is not – that's the problem. You just have one or two right now. Well, even within the game, like, just from Patriots – fans on Twitter they didn't know like which way to go like in the first half it was like oh this is good like they're tanking like this is all good part of the plan blah 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 and then in the second half when they started coming back it's like oh well like this this is good they can make a run like even in a game like fans shifted their like sides and it just shows like they don't know they don't know what to believe they don't know like what to, which direction to go they're just going whatever way the wind's blowing in that particular moment like and a guy that I think exemplifies that or personifies that is our good friend Fitzy who you know he seems like he's negative at times and this team stinks and blah, and then he's like I'm proud of the team and they fought through in the end and it's like well what, what what are we doing here right pick a side and I would argue also I wonder deep down how players feel like they're gonna say the right thing we talked to Lawrence guy I mean uh Dietrich Wise today oh. we talk, they're gonna say the right thing they're also people like, they have feelings and thoughts, and, you know, we learn sometimes when they leave the Patriots and become media members, oh, yeah, we really did think the way you guys were talking, but we were players. We couldn't say it at the time. Right. So, if you're a player, do you feel good about that win? Like, I know in the moment you work hard, you want to celebrate a win. Right. But let's say you're – I was going to say it depends on the player. Yeah, like, let's say you're Kyle Duggar. And you're like, I know I'm a Patriot for the next four or five years. Right. Well, four. I'm a Patriot for the next four years. Do I want to feel like Trevor Lawrence is on the way? And maybe we're turning a corner and we're gonna, I'm going to be like, he'll be the offense. I'll be the defense. We're like yeah. the, the foundation. Right. Or 
do I want to go into an offseason where it's like, are we bringing Cam Newton back? Because he doesn't really look that great. I practice against him. He's not all that good a passer. Right. Uncertainty. Like, you have feelings. It's like, you know. But then there's also the flip side of that. Like, Jacoby Myers, for instance, like, had the career game of his, of his life last night. Like, he was super okay. happy. Let's and talk then, about that. That's something that struck me. Yep. So, Cam Newton's had two good passing games this year. Yeah. Against the worst pass defense in football in pro- 29. Pro- yeah. I think 29 and 32 are the two pass defenses. Yep. And not only that, he did it where he kind of only threw to one guy, right? Yeah. Like he had a buck 70 for Julian and then a buck 70 for Myers. Yes. Like, is that all he's capable of is, is fixating on one guy against a bad well, pass? That's what I was just going to say, I think it's more of them simplifying the offense that he's not capable of making the reads and finding different receivers. And those defenses are so stupid enough to allow one guy to keep beating him. And boy, were they right up until the very end. That, right up in- Bill was asked about that third down, whatever the, the Myers last completion, big completion was. It was like, Oh, did Myers like find a hole in the defense or was that just a good play call? And Bill was like, well, Josh called a good play. It was executed. Well, I think Josh dude, the Jets defense was terrible. And he just, it wasn't like, it's not like they, it's not like Myers saw something. It was like, oh, I got to go here. And Cam saw it too. Like, I think people are trying to hype it up. He ran down, turned around, and was in the middle of like a 20-yard triangle of no Jets. Like, there was – the Jets played, I mean, I guess soft zone coverage is what you would refer to it as. There was a lot of soft zones in that game. And, like, I love Jacoby Myers. You know that. I think he's a good player. I think – separate topic we can get into later is why he hasn't played more and why he's buried and because I think he's the epitome of whenever you've given him a chance in practice in a game he he does what he's supposed to like he gets open catches the ball right yes so it's one of those like yeah you say a lot of things Bill but you keep running Nikhil Harry out there when he blows well I would also say not only Nikhil Harry but Demir Bird like the one so Okay, let's get into this a little bit. We're a little all over the map here, but I also want to say, weird world we, we live in now, it's been 20 hours since we're recording this. So we should say, you know, due to me doing radio and you, you know, working and actually having to cover conference calls and write up, you know, covering the Patriots, which any good outlet should do. Um, because of all these things, we're recording this on Tuesday night, Tuesday evening. Yeah, so it's not like an instant reaction. No, but it also feels like the game was like forever ago. The way the news cycle works, it, it's like so fast. It's like that was forever ago, and it wasn't that long ago. Yes. Um, but what were we talking about? Demir Bird. Oh, you can, you can sell me on Demir Bird because for all what you might like about Myers, he is what he is. He's slow. He's not quick. He's, you know, going to be a route saying, runner. Just because Bird has speed, you need to be out there. Because if you line up, Myers, Harry, and Edelman, are you scared at all if you're like a safety? Like, there's nobody out there that can run by me. Are you scared of Demir Bird? Well, at least I know he's fast. Funny, side story, my son watches all these stupid um, YouTube videos where the guy does weird things in Madden, and one of his things was he was going to take – he took the fastest player from every team and then played them in, like, practice mode and used them as their receivers to see who was – the fastest receiver. He just ran two go routes and see who got to the 51st. Yeah. And Demir Bird was the Patriots representative because in Madden, he's their fastest Patriot. 
He I'll lost in the first round of this little tournament, so I don't know what that means. State was going to really beat. It's probably um, Zach Slater, but he's not listed as receiver. But he's a known fast guy, right? Right, right, right. Like that game I remember a few years ago that Gruden was the color commentary. He's like, when Matthew Slater's on the field, you know he's going deep because he's fast. And you're like, they've never thrown to Matthew Slater. Who gives a rat's ass whether he runs deep or not? Right. So I think Demir Bird was simply a, you know, you need to be in the, to stretch the defense. To be honest, you know, like a different, different type of guy, different look, because he's not really that good. Can we be honest on that? Uh, no. Okay. Like he's played a lot. He plays every snap of every game. He's their number one receiver. Yeah, he's like a solid number four, number five receiver. Yes. Um. So like. I, I I struggle with Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers is the kind of guy that Bill Belichick should play, that he works his ass off. He knows what he's doing. He's, you know, he's, I don't care that he's undrafted. I don't care that you're drafted or you're this or you're that. When I ask him to do something, he does it. He's a stand-up guy. So it bothers me a little bit that he's basically had to be forced into playing Jacoby Myers just because of injuries and nobody else is available. That bothers me. He's the type of guy that should be the poster child for – the Patriot way. It doesn't matter how you got here. Once you get here, if you work hard, you're going to get your opportunity. Bull crap, Bill Belichick. You keep giving the opportunity to Nikhil Harry, even though he's done nothing with the opportunity. We're definitely all over the place in this podcast. I think we should yeah, probably... I think the host, the host should probably reel it in and kind of get us back on course. Yes, I think we should... If we're going to talk about the game, we should talk about Cam Newton. I think it was one of his... It's probably his best overall performance as a New England Patriot. It's not saying much, but... He didn't turn the ball over. He made the throws that he needed to make. He threw the ball down the field a little bit. And he, I guess, drove him down for the game-winning field goal, which he hadn't done to this point in the season. So I, it was Newton's best game. But, like, does it give you much hope for the last eight games? Um, a little bit. I, I guess minuscule would be the word I'd use. Like, I always, it's always better to succeed than to fail, right? Like, just doesn't matter what the situation or the opponent or whatever. Success is better than failure. But I do think you have to take into account the opponent. Um, I thought, you know, the game plan was simplified. I thought Josh McDaniels continues to go down that road that I well, told him to go down like a month ago. Yes, yeah, so that needs to be acknowledged. I think some people don't get that, like, it's a, they're not running the normal Patriot plays. Like these are simple, simple concepts. I think, you know, I heard Scott Zolak talk about this. He was with, I want to say Testa Verde. He brought up and he said, they realized that Vinny couldn't read four things. It basically, if you gave him four things to read, nothing was getting read. He was going to freak out. So you're dummy it down to three? Well, two. He said, you give him two and he'll make a good read on two. He yeah. can't read four and he'll give you a good read on two. So, Maybe they've done that. I've taught, like, they had a little bit more of that. Okay, we're going to roll out a little bit. Two guys drag across. I'm going to hit right. one of them. Maybe I'll run if neither of them's open. They clearly didn't want him to run a lot. It was more of a traditional run. puzzling to me. To, like, I thought that it was going to be like a Miami game going into it where he knew it ran a lot. Yeah, and, and no, they clearly didn't really want him to run. They weren't really – it was a traditional run game to the other backs, and then he got his sneaks and touchdowns and right. a little bit later. But – it wasn't like the read option keeps that no. you, you'd expect and all those things. Um, and that might have been everybody got their panties in a bunch that, you know, Josh told ESPN that we're going to do some things that you've not seen. Uh, I liked the responses to that, by the way. Did you see him? Yeah, there was – that was whatever he was talking about before the game. Oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And it turned out to be nothing. 
it, it definitely turned out to be nothing, but I liked the snarky New Englander who said, you know, what's that? Throw touchdown passes? You know, what's that? Not turn the ball over? What's that? Read a defense? Um, I like, I love New Englanders when they're a little sassy. Um, but I give him credit. He was efficient, right? Now, he was efficient in that he basically said, Jacoby, go get open. I'll throw it to you. I'm going to watch you. When you're open, I'll hit you. But that's fine. I'll take it. Like, baby steps. You know, it is what it is. But, you know, we went through this um, on Dale and Keith today. Yeah, 32nd pass defense, he can pass. 29th pass defense, he can pass. You don't have any of those left on the schedule. You have, like, a one of them's 23, the 19, 17, like, the Rams are two. You know, can he do this against – better pass defenses I have my doubts and I also you know people say well look what he's got to work with a bunch of undrafted well no this is what he's gonna have to basically work with because you can get all excited that the first round pick Nikhil Harry's coming back all that does is maybe remove a guy who's better from the field takes like Jacoby Myers off the field right I hope it doesn't I hope that's not the case and I don't I mean Julian Edelman great career yeah I, I have my doubts that he comes back this year and even if he does by all accounts, it's going to be bone on bone. It's not coming back to like, whoo, we got that. I mean, I know Bill said the reason you do a surgery is so that he's better after the surgery. Right. We'll see. I don't, I, you know, how much better does it have an effect? Is he just done? Has, is he 34 and he's just gotten old? I don't, I don't see him riding in on a white horse and just saying, no. throw me the ball 10 times. I'm going to be your go-to guy every game. No. So you're going to be undermanned. And you're going to go against better pass defenses. Is Cam getting it? Is he building here so that he's going to be better? Or was this a one-off where good game plan, limited reads, bad pass defense, you had production? I tend to think it's the latter. I don't think there is this, you know, great epiphany or – because he said, you know, this is something they can build on, Cam said. Well, maybe. Well, It's better than losing. It's better than sucking. But I'll see how much momentum you – get out of this or what kind of building block this is uh we talked about this you've talked about on the air too like they're they're in no man's land right now like they're they have the 13th pick in the draft they're what 10th overall in the afc so and they have a lot of teams out of them they have a tough schedule like they're not even if they do win you know put together a nice winning streak that's not like enough to make them all of a sudden like the fourth or five seed and have a chance to make a run in the playoffs and even if you were to go on a losing streak, I don't think that's enough to get you a top five pick. So you're stuck picking around the 10th pick overall if that continues, or you're picking 15th or 16th if you barely make the playoffs. So it's like you don't have anywhere to go. Like you're not good, you're not good enough to make the, a deep run in the playoffs, but you're also not bad enough where it's worth being bad. Well, the only thing I will say if I want to be optimistic and – Good quarterbacks have gone at that, like, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 range. But so it's I, not like if you don't get the top three, you can't get a quarterback. Quarterbacks have gone down there, right? Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, they've gone there. But you agree it's harder and it's not a sure thing. And also, like, who, who knows if there's going to be a quarterback that's going to drop there this year. Like, maybe you have to you, – I mean, you could always trade up. You could always trade up. That's always in play. And yeah, it's, you more, could it's, more realistic. it's more realistic when you're picking 12 as opposed to picking 20-something. Oh, yeah. They're going to have opportunities if they want to move up. This isn't going from 23 to 3 or whatever Volan thought they were going to do to get Tua. That, that's not – you know, this is more realistic. You, now, it's still going to be – I mean, 
Didn't the Bears give up a first-round pick to move up one spot for Trubisky? Oh, it's, it's crazy the picks that you have to give up to move. Right. So if you think you need to go from 12 to 4 or something, say you think Trey Lance is the guy. Okay, right. let's just say that um, Trevor Lawrence goes 1, Justin Fields goes 2, but you like Trey Lance and you can get to 4 or something. Yep. Well, you're going to have to give up whatever pick you have, a first-round pick next year. And maybe even like a 2 and a 3 right now. Right, more. So it's a heavy investment. I still don't know. You don't like that idea, huh? No, the dog doesn't like that idea, no. I still don't know if Bill can do that. If he can – and you're probably not going to be the only team. So not only do you have to be willing to do it, is Bill willing to win a bidding war? Yeah, you have to overpay. And I don't don't envision Bill – prepared i think there's a better chance he would go with the route which i don't hate like i'm starting to try to talk myself into and you may need to rein me in at some point as we go down the like draft prep road and all this so you know zach wilson i'm, I'm starting to really like the byu, BYU kid. Kid, yeah. now i don't know how high he's gonna go where he go but i'm starting to talk myself into pick a defensive player front seven player wherever you end up whether that's 13 9 whatever and I did fall in love with the Texas linebacker, throwing that out there. I don't know how to say his name. It's like O-S-S-A-I or oh, something. Of course, um, you have plenty of time to learn his name. It's only yes. yes. And we're probably not going to the combine this year, huh? There's probably not going to be like a tradition. Saying, probably not going to be a tradition to combine now. Okay. Uh, damn, I'm going to miss out on those dinners. Those nice um, Yes. But I'm sort of trying to talk myself into, I think, and I don't know if this is just because I realize they're not going to get one of the top picks. Defensive player and then get the quarterback, whether that's trade back in late in the first round with your, you know, say you have the 40th pick in the draft, use that to get up to 28, package something. I'm kind of talking myself into that idea. I feel like we're getting a little far afoot here for a little far afield. We're talking yes, about the draft. This is, what, this is what happens, and we don't do it right after the game. Not, not anyone's fault, but that's just the way. Okay, let's get back to the game. Um, I got a topic I want to talk about. Yep. So all off season, I had all all kinds of people telling me that the best cornerback in football was the reigning defensive player of the year, Stefan Gilmore. Yep. The second best cornerback in football was JC Jackson, his yep. teammate. Yeah. PFF um, all number one last two PFF. years. This guy, you're going to, well, you're not going to be able to play Gilmore because you're going to want to pay JC Jackson $60 million soon. And he's going to be a restricted free agent and all the, well, I remember saying and arguing with a lot of people, it's easy to be, kind of a number one corner when there's a real number one corner over there and you always get the second best receiver and the better matchup and all that. Um, anybody concerned that ever since JC Jackson became the number one corner, he hasn't been that good. Well, people will say he had an interception last night for the fourth straight time. Like he made up for it. That's showing mental toughness. So he's Otis Smith. He gives up plays and makes plays. Cause I don't think anyone ever called Otis Smith. A I'm in full agreement with you. I don't think I was willing to like go out and, def- and like go against the PFF nerd stats at the time, but I never thought JC Jackson was that good. He's a solid cornerback. He has, he's not number one. I'm sorry. He's a quality number two, number three cornerback. Never thought he was a one. He could he be number one. Sure. But I, I think those PFF stats are overrated and sort of, overstated because of who he's going against on a weekly basis. You know when he's a number one? When he signs a free agent contract for like $70 million and he's that team's number one and then they regret it and they realize they have like, I don't know, the 20-something best cornerback in football. Like he's a borderline number one yeah. kind of guy. But and, I think and Bill, I don't, Bill, Bill would re-sign him if it was the, the deal was like low and not number one cornerback money. Like I think he's a good player to have. 
but he's not a number one cornerback for number one money. Uh, yeah. And I mean, the second touchdown when he like Slipped. stumbled and fumbled and like, you can't do that. Like, I don't mean to hold you to a high standard, but that's the standard. Right. Like, if you're going to be a number one NFL cornerback, you can't slip. You can't have a bad play because it ends up on a highlight reel and you give up a touchdown. Right. right? And, I mean, let's be honest. We talked the, the interception, like, it was a nice catch, but, like, I don't a know. Punt. It was that's a punt. I, that's, what, that's what I mean. Like, he didn't really do anything. He caught the ball. It was a good catch, but, like. And I like him. Like, he's a nice – seems like a nice enough fellow. And, you know, I liked him when he was an undrafted rookie. Like, when you get that initial – Oh, undrafted. Oh, this guy can play. This guy can compete. Right. But now we're talking about, oh, you're trying to tell me he's the same as Stefan Gilmore and I'm going to like, he's worthy of $15 million a year. Running towards a little bit like Malcolm Butler. Like I think Butler is a little bit better, but similar pass here. Interesting. He is sort of trending in that way where, yeah, like, although I will say Malcolm Butler actually lived the life of being the Patriots number one corner for a while. Like he, that third year was it yeah, the, the year after Revis left. And they put like, I think they opened with Pittsburgh. They put him right on Antonio Brown. Yes. And Antonio Brown had 110 yards, right? right. Like, right. Like he's good. He's competitive. He'll fight right. to the finish. He's not terrible, but when he plays and I got into it with our guy, Shime from the Dale Keith day, the producer. And He's like, well, it wasn't a great matchup, and it's this, and it's that. And it's like, I'm sorry. like, When you're a number one cornerback, it's not about matchups. You just you, you can stop anybody. So I said to him, the example I used, I said, let's say Stephon Gilmore doesn't get healthy. And in a couple of weeks, you're playing the Arizona Cardinals. Is J.C. Jackson a good matchup with DeAndre Hopkins? And he goes, no. And I go, oh, okay. So we'll put somebody else on Hopkins. Right. So he's a good – is he – good matchup on Andy Isabella and he goes no too fast and I'm like well I can't go into a game when I don't know how to use him if he's a number right. one corner right like, right I'm sorry so I don't want to pile on JC Jackson and it's not that I'm actually arguing against JC Jackson it's more I'm arguing against the people like PFF who put him on a pedestal that he shouldn't have been on and, and created like unfair expectations I guess he is what he is he's a nice player good player but right. he is what he is uh what are your Thoughts like now, where do they go from here? Do you think that they roll off a, a win streak and make a run at the playoffs? <laughs> or do they get blown up by the Ravens and then see what happens from there? Because what is it? Ravens, Texans, Cardinals? Yes. Ravens, Texans, Cardinals. Um, I think there is a far better chance they go on a three-game losing streak than any winning streak. Uh, oh, yes, because I don't have a winning this week. Uh, I don't have him winning this week either. And I, I mean, I think people think the Texans are some horrific football team, but I've been watching and I saw highlights the other day, watch a little like, um, who's going to cover Fuller and Cooks? Well, Sneaky? This elite secondary is not so elite. Well, everyone looks at the Texans and like, look who they played to start the year. They had a murderous row to start. So I think people yep. overlook that. Like they're, they're not, they're not as bad as the record says they are. Correct. And Hell, you could argue – I guess you could argue either for the Patriots that they're better than their record says they are or they're worse than their record says they are. I mean, depending, again, on your perspective and, and analysis. But we, we've talked a lot about this, I feel like, over a half a season. You know, what do they do well? What can they lean well, on? Speaking of that, Bill, did you, were you on the conference call today? Uh, some of it. 
Bill Belichick was asked by Kerry Gregan of the Boston Herald, what does your team do well? What do you feel good about your team doing? What's your identity of your team? Did you hear his response? No. What did he say? We, we prepare hard every week and game plan for that game Sunday or Monday. Like, even he's, like, giving up. Like that, so they, that, they prepare hard. That was, like, that, was, that was paraphrasing. I'm going to get the exact quote so I can – what do you feel the identity of this team is? I think we just approach each week to try and prepare and game plan to do our best that Sunday or Monday. Uh, yeah, so there's not, a lot to, not a lot to point to there. Nope. So you, um, shouldn't that be a given? Like, they're professionals, right? You would say, yeah. Like that, that they should prepare, they should practice, and they should go out there and try to win. Right. Isn't that a given? Especially in New England under right. Bill Belichick. Like, he couldn't even give a, a general, like, uh, we, we compete hard at the back end. Like, we got a lot of good, talented players back there. Like, our secondaries, I put right. them up there with anybody. Like, I think, or even, like, more of a general, um, you know, we're going to play a physical brand of football. Right. Like, we, I'm we, not saying we, you have to – it, this reminds me a little bit a year ago. Remember when Josh made the comment about what Brady does well and it was like not turn the ball over and avoid sacks. And it was yeah. like, uh, that's not really making plays. That's more of like <laughs> avoiding the bad. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't disagree with him. I, I, what do they do well right now? I mean, the, the, the fallback, I guess, is run the ball kind of? Yeah, you could say that. Well, I'm a little concerned about my guy, Damian Harris. I took a big hit. Yeah, that alarmed me. That reminded me, and I, a uh, little, little known story, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, that reminded me of the Drew Bledsoe hit. And the Drew Bledsoe hit took place about 12 feet in front of me on the sideline. Um, that alarmed me because it was like, Harris got hit so hard, I couldn't really tell. What part of his body was hurt? Like almost like everything hurt. Like he got jumbled and hit so hard that every could have been a concussion, could well, be that, a yeah, sternum, could that be That was a, my immediate thought was concussion. Like, but then it wasn't. But I wouldn't rule out like Bledsoe had a sheared blood vessel in his lung or yeah. like – so that was uh, alarming to me. And I don't want to see Sony Michelle get his chance again because Harris is dinged up. I, that sucks. I don't want to play that game. So I, I – it's I can tell you what it's supposed to be. The secondary and pass defense are supposed to be good. But even Bill acknowledged after the game last night that it wasn't good. Oh, yeah, we should talk about that. The fact that in the middle of his answer, talking about the team, he said, you know, we just got to play it better, coach it better. And I was like, that's what he says after a loss. He, he brought up cliche loss quotes in a win. So even he was confused whether they won or lost. Even today with um, OMF. They asked Glenn had a question about Gunner and like how he runs hard, takes big hits on kickoff returns, and that like alarms him about the big hits. And Bill didn't even answer the question; just said we have to be, we have to be better on kick return. We've left a number of plays out there. It's been frustrating. It's been eight games. Like you, you won, Bill. You won. Yeah, they did win, but I don't think he feels like they won. I don't think he personally feels like they had anything to build on. Really, like. I think he, he understands because in the beginning, the very opening comment Bill had in his post game was about players worked hard and I'm happy for them or something like this, right? Right. So that would fall in line what he said to Karen Garigian, like we prepare and we work hard. Yep. And he's, he's glad. He's like, and I know they stink, so I'm glad they actually got to win right. after preparing and working hard. Right. And the unsaid part is 
because they might not experience that too many other times this year. Or like, I feel like if you want to read between the lines, there's room for interpretation with this team and what he's saying. Um, Gunner's a perfect example. So I had radio last night, so I, ha- I was driving home, so I was listening to some of the game in the second quarter. Scott Zolak was as negative as anyone I've ever heard about the game, about Gunner. He goes, yeah, yeah, Bob Sosi, you know, I know we talk about whether Gunner's an actual receiver. I'm starting to wonder if he's a special teamer either. And he was like ripping him for bringing the kickoffs out, not getting yardage, take a knee, can't even, you know, make a good decision. And then the big hits, I've told you this, I talked to him about that, and he believes going airborne is the way to extend his career, that, like, you don't get knee injuries that way, you're not planted on the ground, so you don't get hurt. I don't know who convinced him of that. I'm pretty sure it's not a sound theory. Some coach in Texas, it sounds like. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't like it at all, but, I mean, I guess, like, if you believe it, it works for you as long as you're fully invested. But, you know, they, that's an example. They don't return kicks. They don't return punts. They have a good punter. Yes. Nick Folk is dead nuts balls on since the first two kicks. Yep. Um, maybe they run the ball, kind of. Depending on who's back there. I mean, they off. did run it, like, what they run it, 41 times or something stupid? Like, yeah. Burkett and, and Harris both had solid production games. But if Harris is out, now you're like, well, are we still as good a running team? Can we lean on Burkhead? That kind of thing. And then defensively, they can't stop the run or the pass. Nope. That's a that's a, that's a problem. Uh, Sunday night could be ugly. Uh, I do think they have. You know, everybody in New England was laughing that Tom Brady got embarrassed on Sunday, and then you pulled out a win on Monday. Yep. Careful, 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 because what a difference a week could make. You could get embarrassed on Sunday night football. And I, I, I said this to somebody. I don't think John Harbaugh is gonna, you know, take it easy on him, Bill. Like if he can run up the score, he's gonna run up the score. He could, and I'm not like. There's two ways to get embarrassed. There's the first embarrassment of just a score, like Brady, you get blown out. But Lamar Jackson can embarrass you in a in a historic highlight kind of way. YouTube, uh, yeah. like, well, where yeah. you go, right? If the Patriots can't tackle uh, Jeff Miller, Jeff Wilson of the of the Forty ers how are they going to tackle Lamar Jackson? Exactly, and that's where like, and I actually asked um, Dietrich Twice that today. Uh, he had a sack the other night. So, you know, yeah, you're feeling good. You got to hit the quarterback. And, he said, and I said, but do you ever go into a matchup? Like, you respect every opponent, but do you go, ever go into a matchup where you're, you know you could get embarrassed? Like, you fear like you could get embarrassed. And he said, no, you don't. You know, just as long as I put my best effort out there. Yeah, but he can embarrass you. And the way the world works now, if you get embarrassed, it's on Twitter going viral within a minute, a yep. minute and a half. Like, the whole world sees it. It's everywhere. TikTok, Twitter, you know, every social media, every video. And Lamar could do that. Now, they're not playing perfect. They're not, you know, without some issues. But I'd be careful. I'd be careful uh, enjoying the Brady getting embarrassed on Sunday Night Football because what goes around comes around. All right. Well, uh, we'll get into that game on Friday this week. And then uh, plenty more to get to with this team, I'm sure, because people will sign up, pick a side if they think they're going to tank or they're going to make a run at the playoffs. Are you enjoying this? What, the season? Like, one of the theories this year was Brady's gone. 20 years of we know what's going to happen is gone. Storyline, even narratives. Oh, they're two and two, but that's okay. They'll be better. Are you enjoying in any way the uncertainty of this? No, because it's been, te- it's been bad. Like, yeah. 
it, it'd be like I was thinking. I said this to you. I think like there was a chance that Newton would be good and they could make a playoff run and all that. That'd be a good thing. But then the flip side would be they're bad, but he would be sort of drama off the field. Like he's always been that type. We haven't had that, so it's been like there's been nothing to really latch on to in a way. But I will say, last night's game may have been like the quarterback competition in the summer. It was competitive, right? It went down to the wire. Yeah. It, it may have been two of the worst five teams in football playing, but at but least – But so did the, the Denver game. Remember that? That game was terrible. Yeah, that game was worse than this one, I thought. I thought this one was, had more entertainment value than that game. But my point is, Sunday night football sucked, and you had two good teams, right, yes. theoretically? Yeah. This was two bad teams that I thought put more of a competitive, entertaining, down-to-the-wire game together. Yes. That, that's, okay. valid. that's valid. That's valid. But on the whole, I think the Patriots aren't a very good football team. Nope. We knew most of their holes coming into the season. Those holes exist, and some other holes have crept up as the season has worn on here to the point where there's just not – we did the exercise, you know, pick your five players to keep moving forward, and it's – there's, we we barely fun. got to five. Yeah, and, you know, I think we included J.C. Jackson, and then you get into, well, if you want J.C. Jackson, you're going to have to pay him $75 million. You still want J.C. Jackson. And it's like, well, uh, let's pause before we make that long-term decision. Right. All right. So, yeah, it, just because it's more interesting and different without Brady um, doesn't mean it's enjoyable and doesn't even really mean it's that interesting. Is it interesting right now? I'm not sure no. it's interesting. No, I don't think it is either. But it keep listening either. to the podcast because we'll yeah, be interesting. Please. Can I give you a little quick side story? Sure, why not? I think I may be a child. I, uh, I had to stop and pick up Miracle Whip on the way home, which most people say, oh, you're a child if you eat Miracle Whip. Blah, 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 blah. And I, so I went to our friends at Shaw's. And you know what I left with? What'd you leave with? Miracle Whip. Good. You got the, the one pickles, item. Pickles, because pickles were very close in the same aisle. Then I walked what by – What kind of pickles? Uh, a kosher dill spear. Okay. I like a good kosher dill spear. Good I like, snack. I like, I like good dill pickle, yeah. Okay. Um, and then I walked by one aisle, and all the cereals were on sale. It was like if you buy five, you get, like, a lot of money off. So I bought Cinnamon Toast Crunch Vanilla um, – not checks. What is it called? Uh, Life. Vanilla Life. Didn't even know they made Vanilla Life, but I'm going to give it a try. got to try it. So then – yeah, yeah. And then uh, Doritos were buy one, get one free. Oh, so I got a couple bags of Doritos. And then I picked up uh, a half gallon of strawberry cheesecake ice cream. And have you, did you know Klondike Bar now makes Klondike donuts? So it looks like a Klondike Bar, but with a hole in the middle. So there's more like chocolate. It's like frozen. Coating. What's that? It's frozen, like an ice cream. Yeah, yeah, no, it's like a Klondike bar, but they took the middle out and just so there's more like chocolate, so it's shaped like a donut with a zero. Oh, I used to like those. Uh, well, I bought those too. So, um, yeah, I very. When do you plan on eating all this? Well, I'll be trying a Klondike bar tonight, the Boston Boston cream version, huh. after dinner. But uh, I think I was also a little hungry too. That played into it. But we both you're up late last night too, early wake up call. So there could have been a lot of things going on. And then I was watching, listening to the Alex Cora return to Red Sox press conference that started to put me to sleep. So then I left and I was like, yeah, food. Yeah, I need yeah, a little sugar. Pick me up. Yeah. And I did open the Doritos and have a few. There you go. I reacted yeah. to that Shaw's today too. What'd you get? Well, I was talking to you on the phone at the time. So I only got 
one thing. Oh, yeah. Like a nice rotisserie chicken for dinner. Oh, those rotisserie chickens are legit. I that know. is as economical like yeah. a dinner thing. Also can be sneaky good for recipes. Just a little cooking tip from Andy, who's not really a cook. Yep. You can buy those and like you shred the chicken breast and make like buffalo chicken dip. Right. right. Or pull the chicken breast off, chop it up and make like chicken fajitas or yeah, like you, you can get a lot of things off of it. Very good. Good yeah. selection, young Ryan. Yes. yes. Appreciate it. All right. Well, okay. talk, talk to you Friday. All right. Peace out.